Welcome back to They Talk Sex Podcast. I'm your host, Elle Stanger. This is the lube and vaginal health episode. And Wendy is representative of Good Clean Love uh, Lubricant. You can find them goodcleanlove.com. And their socials are the same, Twitter and Instagram. And Wendy Stragar, thank you for being here. Uh, What is your education or background? Yeah, so I uh, started Good Clean Love 20 years ago, and I started it out of my kitchen, so a real cottage industry, literally, mm. and um, and I was trying to solve my own problems because I had had four kids and had pain with sex um, for a long time, and all the products that I used on the market made me worse, and so I would keep going to doctors, and they would like keep saying I was fine and I didn't mm. feel fine. What were your, so, what were your uh, symptoms? If you could share. I, um, sometimes I would use these products that the doctor would give me and I would have like burning and itching for hours after I used them. Mm. So I thought I was allergic to most lubes and that it was just like a personal allergy. And then kind of as life went on and I sort of got into the lube business, um, which was really pretty accidental in a lot of ways, like really life <laughs> leading me more than me, me more than me leading life. Okay. But that's when I learned um, that actually a lot of people who use lubricants made with a lot of ingredients that are common in the market are mm-hmm. also having allergic or actually really physiological responses that are really bad. Mm-hmm. And I for years thought it was an allergy. Hmm. So, uh, Glycerin. How do you feel about glycerin? You know, I think glycerin is a misabused ingredient. Um, I think in small proportions, glycerin serves a lot of great bacterial functions. Um, but you know, when you the reason it has such a bad name is because if you use too much of it, then there's then the the sugar content of the formulation is too high. Hmm. So I think actually, you know, it's weird. I'm not a scientist by nature, but I became really scientifically oriented as I got into lube lube work, really. And mm-hmm. like I said, you know, it's like most interesting, interesting things that happen to us. But we, um, you know, at the beginning, like I said, I was trying to save my marriage and I grew up in a divorce. So I was pretty sensitive to this idea of, how do we learn to stay together? That was a big motivator for me. Hmm. Um, and I knew if I stopped having sex, I would get divorced. So so it was really personally motivating to me. So I didn't really know about the science of lubricant. I just knew that many of the propylene glycol and polyethylene glycol and many of the lubricants that kind of were on mainstream drugstore shelves really created terrible reactions for me. Mm-hmm. And the doctor never said to me, oh, you must be reacting to this lubricant. Mm-hmm. You know, they're just like, oh, you're fine. So then mm-hmm. you feel kind of like you're crazy. Mm-hmm. Um, but so then years later, because we donated to so many organizations, and in this case, HIV Alliance, they uh, that's the first time I learned about this idea of osmolality in a lubricant. And now I would say all of the largest bodies that talk about our health. So like the World Health Organization and, you know, um, Mm -hmm. even the FDA has given a nod to the fact that the osmolality of a lubricant, which basically, if you go back to chemistry in 11th grade, we know that osmosis is how the cells balance the moisture on the inside and outside of the cell. And so when something's way heavier on the outside of your tissue, then the moisture comes out of those cells and basically all those cells kind of slough off. And, um, and that's a bad thing when you're talking about your vaginal biome, um, because those cells that would slough off from hyperosmolar lube are actually your first defense mechanism that keeps you from getting infections like HIV and other kinds of STDs. So it's not good when you use a hyperosmolar lube and that that generates a response in your vaginal biome where you lose the epithelium, which is your defense layer, your protective defense layer mm-hmm. in your vagina, in your so, vagina. So what I'm hearing is world, you know, like World Health Organizations, International, you know, yeah. AIDS Society, they recognize the 
importance of good quality lubricants in terms of like reducing STI transmission. Yeah. And so that like for a long time, I thought organic was the game, you know, like mm-hmm. and whatever, because I wasn't a scientist. And so I just thought, OK, if you use organic ingredients and you follow the organic book, then you're going to like come up with a better product. And we do have some organic lubes that are very well loved and we sell them because they're so well loved. But and the first one was sort of isoosmotic just accidentally because you know, it's made with aloe and water and there's no heavily concentrated petrochemicals in that. Um, we don't use parabens and we don't use, you know, we don't, like all those ingredients that you think of are bad ingredients individually. Um, you know, I, this science, this biophysicist who worked with us for many years would always give me a hard time when I would like sort of bitch about a specific ingredient. And he's like, no, it's not about the ingredient. It's about the formulation. Hmm. Like and, and like you just said, well, what do you think about this ingredient? Mm-hmm. And it's like, you know, we always want to be able to tell people, okay, well, just don't buy anything with this ingredient. But mm-hmm. it's a little bit more complicated because how the ingredients come together and their kind of chemical picture, their weight specifically, mm-hmm. is what makes it hyperosmolar or isoosmotic. Okay. And so what we want is just to use something that doesn't disrupt right? Like that just lets things be the way they are. Mm -hmm. Because, um, you know, I think the best way to understand the vaginal biome, and I know you're getting more science than you probably ever talk about on this show, so please forgive me. (laughs) But, uh, But like, if you think about the gut biome, right, like which took 20 years for people to actually believe there was a gut biome in this country, you know, um, but like Mm -hmm. we, you know, we used to kind of give way more antibiotics, hard to believe even than now. Mm -hmm. And it became clear in the 80s and 90s that really there's this gut biome. And if you just have that be healthy, then like that really supports your immune system more than any number of antibiotics, right? Mm -hmm. And so we have a system inside of our body that already is a natural self-defense mechanism, right? Like these good bacteria in your mm-hmm. gut, good Which bacteria we get in your in, by yeah. eating healthy food, drinking water, getting regulated sleep, ideally. Right. right. And probiotics like is an industry that's grown into billions of dollars because people like now all get, oh, there's better bacteria for my gut than like, <laughs> you know, cotton candy and hot dogs. Right. Mm-hmm. Like mm-hmm. so. Yeah. And I think all those lifestyle things, of course, affect our biome. But, you know, there there's also just uh, like for a lot of women, a lot, a lot of women, two thirds of women. And for reasons that there's no research to explain, they struggle to have a healthy vaginal biome. And whether they're straight or gay or wherever they are on the sexual spectrum, if they have a vagina, um, and even, you know, it doesn't matter. If you have a vagina, if you're a vagina owner, there you go. many of those people who are vagina owners struggle to have a healthy mix of lactobacilli that mm-hmm. will prevent them from getting other things. And then if they use hyperosmolar lubricants or hyperosmolar washes or just all kinds of like chemically mm-hmm. driven products that people sell for pleasure, mm-hmm. then that can really mess up your biome mm-hmm. pretty fast in four hours, actually, we've mm-hmm. seen. Wow. And wow. Yeah, so, so, so it's better not to use that stuff than to use it. So... I think what we're hearing is like two thirds of people with vaginas are struggling with vaginal health health issues, perhaps because we haven't really taught and or reminded ourselves that like what you eat matters. Some people know this and they don't have a choice. They don't have access to food. But other people really don't think about the fact that like if you get it out of a vending machine or it's got a ton of preservatives or dyes in it, it might be doing things to your body that aren't optimal. So that is for sure true. And, you know, I mean, I'm sort of stating the obvious, but of course that stuff goes in first to your gut biome. But, Mm -hmm. you know, of course, that the vaginal and rectal biome are just right beneath that. (laughs) And, you know, your oral biome that, you know, your mouth that that food goes through, right? Like they're they're all connected, all these biomes. Mm -hmm. I can always tell when I've eaten a lot of onions. My pussy smells like onions. 
and like well, people are shocked true. and I'm like it yeah. makes sense it's what I put in is what's coming out <laughs> yeah no it's definitely true but um but that said it's hard to treat the vaginal biome through the gut mm. you know like you 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 know a lot of people will suggest that you can take a take a, a supplement like a probiotic supplement that will get to your build good lactobacilli in your vagina mm -hmm. I personally have really, well, I mean, not just me personally, but there's a lot of science that suggests better to use the right kind of lactobacilli as a suppository directly into the vagina than trying to have it get through the gut and get there. Mm, I have one, um, one capsule that I get from, it's one of our affiliates and I might cut this or I might leave it in cause it's interesting and I want to ask them about this. Um, mm -hmm. but I have really good luck with this one probiotic that says it's especially for vaginal and digestive uh -huh. health. Um, but I hold this company to a higher standard than most of the well? stuff I see on the market. No, it is, um, Momotaro Apotheca. Huh. I'll show you some other stuff. Um, uh -huh. But there uh, are a few really good ones, and I can tell you the names of the kind of lactobacilli that you would want for your vagina. Ooh, I'll have to go grab it on a break. I'll go see, find my bottle. Um, okay, so we make one. I just want to say, I love. We make what we call a as a biomatched lactobacilli for your vagina. Nice. And so. The first time that I ever heard Good Clean Love recommended, it was by a doctor friend of mine, a mm. woman doctor. Her name is Dr. Evelyn Dacker. She's been on a previous podcast of mine. Uh, she's owned a private practice out of Salem, Oregon for some years, mm -hmm. and she specializes in whole body, but sexual health. Um, and that's this is her favorite lube. So you come well recommended. Yeah, well, we, um, that's kind of nice to hear. And, you know, one in four of our customers, I think it's actually even higher than that, hear about us through one of their, through a doctor. Oh, we, that's great. We, we work with like 10,000 doctors in this country. And actually the largest marketing thing we do is sending samples to them to give to their patients. Wow. And, um, Makes sense. Because so many women, like I was telling you, have vaginal health issues and it's not just pain with sex. There's a lot of people that have pain every day with mm -hmm. their vagina and it actually prevents them from living the life they want to live. Mm -hmm. And of course, then they wouldn't be thinking about sex either, right? So mm -hmm. also I think really like prematurely sort of ends a lot of people's sex lives. Mm -hmm. And so whatever, there's just so many ways that we need to cultivate a better language and relationship to this really critical part of our biome health, our mm -hmm. vaginal biome. And whatever, I mean, I just feel like the biggest form of misogyny in this in the world is the way women are treated in doctor's offices frequently. <laughs> um, you know, the mm -hmm. top prescriptions that you get at a OBGYN is antibiotics or more mm -hmm. antibiotics. And, uh, and then after you get enough antibiotics, a lot of times you need steroids and many, many problems that are very complex and deal with the biome. All they have is hormones. Here, mm. take these hormones so that will stop you from having hormones. Mm. Um, so I feel like women's medicine has a long way to go and sexual health medicine in general. Mm -hmm. Yeah, uh, vaginal research yeah. for sure. Yeah. Um, so what I was hearing earlier is that you wanted to develop products because it you knew that sex was an aspect of your relationship that was really important. So, and I think this obviously ties into sex as you know, a marital aid or like sex tools and resources. Oh, actually I have one question about, um, hybrid lube. If you're able to talk about that. Yeah, of course. And then I wanted to do some listener feedback. I asked folks, why do you use lubricant or not? We'll go into this later. I think with the pros and cons of water-based lube versus silicone, but what is hybrid lube? Okay. So I, uh, first want to say that I appreciate you remembering me talking about how sex was really important in my marriage. And that was really the whole beginning of me. This was, that was how I started this work. Mm. Um, and I just want to say that in any vital relationship, 
Um, if the sex doesn't work, then of course there's other things that are probably not working first. We mm -hmm. usually blame it on the sex, but getting to a place where your sexual health and your partnered health with your sexual life is vital, I think, I mean, that would change the world if we did that. Absolutely. So that's what I would say. And um, there's a lot of talk about, there's actually a lot of hybrid lubes coming out in the market. And we ourselves have a hybrid lube that's going to be uh, debuted in 21, 22, Ooh. 2022. It takes a really long time to make anything now. <laughs> um, uh, but, uh, but uh, you know, so this is the whole question of silicone versus water-based. And so what I would say is that it depends what's in your water-based lubricant hmm. because many water-based lubricants are in a base of propylene glycol or polyethylene glycol or other ingredients that are hyperosmolar. So those are not good choices. Um, uh, but, and, but, you know, you can also find a lot of different lubes in a base of aloe or um, hydroxyethyl cellulose. There's some really you know, innocuous ingredients in water-based lubes and some that are not so good. Hmm. Um, and silicone or dimethicone, which is the name of that ingredient, mm -hmm. um, is, you know, there's lubes on the market that are just straight dimethicone. And, uh, and then there's some that are a mix of the water-based ingredients with dimethicone. And that's the kind we're making. Hmm. So, you know, again, it's all about the formulation, like I was saying earlier, right? Mm -hmm. Like what percentage of what ingredients, because you can't just look at a single ingredient. You need to look at the way the formula works together. What's the sort of molecular weight of that? Is it hyperosmolar? Is it isoosmatic? And then what are the properties that make that lubricant special, you know? And so, you know, of course, viscosity and how long does it last mm -hmm. is like sort of the number one questions that people ask when they use lubricant. Mm -hmm. Viscosity um, is one of my favorite words. Nobody ever knows what it means. Yeah. How slippery um, something well, is, that right? Is like the, that is the scientific study, right? Of like um, sort of the the feel, right? Like mm -hmm. that is the word that, that, that characterizes the feel of it. And it's interesting. It's measured on a viscometer <laughs> and uh, and it, and there's actually a lot of, like, you can have a lot of different labs that will use a lot of different needles and a lot of different RPMs. So you have to work really hard to make sure that your readings are consistent. So like one company might tell you that the viscosity is 50,000 and another one might tell you 10,000. And that's because they're using different viscometer needles and speeds. Wow. It's very tricky, actually. Suddenly, you have to be a scientist when you're making lube because yeah, the science of viscosity this. is everything, right? Yeah. Wow. So hybrid, hybrid is kind of a good compromise. And we're actually doing it, even though I've sort of been kind of against dimethicone as a base of a lubricant because mostly because it's an ingredient that doesn't slough off, that doesn't wash off when you hmm. use uh, dimethicone is made for engines, right? And so that's why it goes forever. And so it's extremely slippery, almost like without a lot of viscosity, but it has a, a synthetic kind of uh, glide that mm -hmm. it's very difficult. You can't really replicate it uh, mm -hmm. with water-based ingredients, um, but you also can't wash it off. So I just feel like I don't really want generally my vaginal biome to be coated with the with an ingredient that I can't that it sloughs off slowly over time. Mm -hmm. That said, there are many people who have different kinds of sex, like rectal <laughs> sex, which is very, wow. very common and increasingly common and experimented with. And because there's no natural moisture at all in the rectal cavity, then you know it's really you need that for safety. Mm -hmm. And that's, I think, where dimethicone uh, lubricants became so popular mm -hmm. originally. They were really for a lot of anal sex. And I think actually that's how people are sort of adapting to hybrid now mm -hmm. because you do get more longevity with that. But because there's some water ingredients, I think, you know, we were able to make ours so that it's isoasmatic. And I think that's a really important thing. 
And so it has a very low percentage of dimethicone, um, mm-hmm. but you still get a lot of those same benefits. I would definitely try yours. I, I'm one of the people who can use any silicone lube I've ever used has never given me a noticeable problem. I tend to use higher quality brands that have been yeah, around like for like Uber decades. Yeah, like Uber Lube or whatever. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, I like ID Millennium, honestly. It's uh-huh. like one of the cheaper but still consistently good for me. Mm-hmm. However stains the heck out of your sheets sometimes, especially mm-hmm. if they're not your sheets and they're like, you know, the Airbnb's sheets. Yeah. Um, yeah. Or your clothing. And then, yeah, mm-hmm. it does irritate some people, give them like yeast infection feeling or like skin I mean, it's just, uh, you know, like I said, you know, I am all about the vaginal biome. And so uh, it's the same thing about oil-based lubricants. Mm-hmm. And, you know, back when I was desperate before I really started the company and knew anything, you know, and those products like the KYs and the Astroglides really made Blech. me very sick. Um, I would like grab the olive oil from the yes. kitchen, right? Um, and, uh, you know, or coconut oil is a very popular option. There's many, there's many coconut oil products on the market, actually. And I use coconut oil myself for a long time. We, ha- we made coconut oil products and we might even do it again because I think there's a lot of great things to be said about coconut oil. But again, what you're doing is you're coating a biome Mm -hmm. with a product that doesn't really naturally belong in the biome. And it also has a low amount of sugar with the coconut oil, like a low, low amount, correct? Yeah. 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 No, I think there's a lot of good things to be said about oils. And, you know, I'm a real aficionado of like love oil, which is, you know, with uh, we use uh, apricot kernel, with, which is a great oil also with uh, jojoba. So mm. really nice, great absorbent for the skin. And mm-hmm. we use essential oil blends that really work to um, heighten your, uh, I mean, they're natural aphrodisiacs because these scents that are like sort of not fixed smell different on every body and everybody, everybody like in different parts of your body, they smell different. And so they're giving a lot of really great information to your limbic brain. And, Mm. you know, that was actually how good clean love started was with love oil. Honestly, it took me, it took me a while to learn how to make good lubricant, natural lubricant. So Mm. it wasn't what we started with. And, Um, So I am a fan of oils, but Mm -hmm. I do think that vaginal biomes are happier with a good biomatch lubricant. Mm -hmm. So like what the best compliment we ever get about lube and we hear it a lot is like when I use this, this woman just said this to me the other day, I just feel young. Like I feel Mm -hmm. like, like I feel like more of myself is there. Mm -hmm. And that's how I feel like. I mean, I'm really lucky. I've been having sex with the same guy for 40 years and Aww. I have like 20 minute orgasms and, <sighs> uh, and Gold. I, and Gold. I use really good lube and I feel like, oh shit, I'm like young now. I'm like, I love that for my kids young. You know? So all of so, that is yeah. inspirational. Um, a couple of things I want to note and then we'll do some listener feedback. Um, I have written down in my in my outline here, olive oil and coconut oil, because Mm -hmm. as we'll mention later, people have been using these for a long time around the world, but they still irritate some people. Mm -hmm. Um, And even with like apricot, some people I'm wondering, I'm like, I wonder if my daughter could use that because she has a couple of nut allergies, you know, like, Mm -hmm. so different things will work for different people, but quality tends to matter. Well, and I just want to say that, like, you know, if I could be like the vaginal biome police for a minute, you know, really like your vaginal biome health is predictive, just like your gut biome of the health of your whole body, right? Like it's not really just this separate thing. So if you have reproductive health issues, you don't just have reproductive health issues, right? Like you have other immune issues that are like tied to that, just Mm. in the same way when you have gut issues. And so I am always promoting like really high quality, true vaginal biome products, because the best thing you can do is bring that health of that biome and maintain that biome health every day. And then like your sex life, your just everything's better because you have a healthy vaginal biome. You have good lactobacilli up at bat for you. That is mm-hmm. where we want things to be for all women. 
And that mm-hmm. is really far from where we are, extremely mm-hmm. far from where we are today. All, all people. Uh, okay. So I asked my Instagram audience, I'm still on there, stripper writer. I said, why do you use lubricant or not? So I'll leave it up to you to figure out whether or not they use it based on what they say. One person says, quickies are my life right now because I have a toddler. So it makes that easier. (laughs) Awesome. Someone says, I like to have lube. uh, I like to have long sessions without unwanted friction. Also for anal play always. Mm -hmm. Someone says, I don't use it due to insecurity. I think... Mm -hmm. If I'm not wet enough, naturally, he'll think he doesn't turn me on. Mm, I hate when I hear that. I know. know. That is so sad and so stupid and so not true. I feel like, all right, everybody who thinks that, just give it up. Because, like, people who do pornographic films are paid to be that good. And, like, that squirting thing. But, like, that is not (laughs) what made. Not everyone's a professional professional performer. Someone else says, yeah, someone else says get sticky. So that makes me think they haven't found the right kind of lube for oh, them. That's like, that's why actually lubricant sales dropped to all time lows. Is really? That's prop- yeah, that's propylene glycol, right? That shit's uh-huh. nasty. And like <laughs> almost as soon as you put it on, you want it off, you know? So, yeah. you know, if it's not burning you, it's definitely sticking, making you sticky. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, a lot of formulas that are currently on the market do that. Mm-hmm. Someone and says, oh, go ahead. I was going to say that woman who said she like has a toddler, so she's looking for fast sex. Mm-hmm. And I like totally get that. And it's like so tragic. Like the average amount of time we have sex in this country is like five minutes. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't know where we're fucking rushing <laughs> off to, but um, like if you don't have a vaginal orgasm before somebody comes inside of you, like people have t- called and emailed us and it's like, oh, I thought your lube was going to save it, but it, it didn't work. And then I talked to them and it's like they haven't actually had any kind of orgasmic or even kind of any en- engorgement of mm-hmm. their vaginal area, right, mm-hmm. of their labia. So it's mm-hmm. like, what do you think? You just stick something in and it's going to feel good? <laughs> no, it's not. Yeah, you know, there's a lot of elements going good. on. That used to stress me out when I worked at the porn shop. People were like, which toy is going to help me come? And I'm like, wow, there's so many variables to this equation. <laughs> yeah, and it's, uh, like, it's like that, like, I just feel like we, like, the biggest thing is the time, Mm-hmm. Right. Like, can you just take the time and let your body feel felt? Mm-hmm. Right. Like, Ideally. Yes. Uh, someone yeah. else says. Ideally. Someone else says it makes me too wet where I can't feel anything. Sometimes I do like to use it on my partner for some hand action, though. Well, that works. Someone else says I can't do anything pleasurable with my genitals if I don't use lube. All right. Well, that's fair. Someone uh-huh. says, my birth control, Nexplanon, doesn't allow me to get as wet as I used to, and it caused vaginal tears to the point where I was in pain and bleeding Ooh. after intercourse. Lube puts Ooh. the moisture back. Uh-huh. Someone says, lube keeps the condom functional when doing swerk, sex work. Never uh-huh. risk a torn condom. Yeah, seriously. Mm-hmm. Someone else says, my ADHD makes me less present, which in turn makes me less wet slash bone dry. Mm. Mm. It's good that they know that. Someone Uh, else says, um, I like using lube to take the responsibility off my pussy. She has enough to do already. (laughs) (laughs) I I mean, I just want to say that like good lubricant that's healthy. Here's what it does. It gives you more time to feel what's happening so you can have longer pleasure or, I mean, there are the women that I have told me, oh, I'm so wet. I don't need anything. It's too much. And good for them. That's exciting. But that is definitely, as far as I have heard and sort of learned in the minority, right? Mm -hmm. And I also want to say that like, if you 
are taking medications like some of the people that said mm-hmm. here. And I mean, a lot of different medications, right? Like asthma medication, for God's yep. sake, yep. right? Yep. Um, and, um, and antidepressants and, you know, also all different times in your cycle or also your reproductive life cycle, right? Like it's not the same when you're in your late 40s as when you're in your late 30s, as in mm. when you're in your late 50s. It's just not. It's just different. Mm-hmm. And so a good healthy lubricant should make you feel like your best self. Like mm-hmm. the best sex you ever had when you were in your 20s in the back of a car and it was just mm-hmm. like all automatic. Like that's how good lube makes me feel. Mm-hmm. Like it's like, oh, yeah, that's right. You know, mm-hmm. I definitely couldn't have the sex I want to have without lube. Uh, we need to take a break and then we're going to come back and do some listener questions. Ioba Toys is the creator of the super silent sex toys, the Oh My G and the Oh My C. The Oh My G is a G-spot massager with three intensity levels, a massaging pearl, and a unique C-shape made to precisely hit the G-spot. The Oh My C is a clitoral massager with a rotating massaging pearl that mimics a tongue or fingers, also known as oral sex, and it fits in the palm of your hand. Both toys are super silent and come in pink or white. Try code L. 30 for 30% off on iobatoys.com. Do you have sex questions? Do you want help learning new techniques, communicating with a partner, opening a relationship, or exploring kink? Sex and intimacy coach Stella Harris can help. Book a session now to take your intimate life to the next level. Listeners of this podcast receive 20% off their first session with code TTS. Learn more and schedule at www.stellaharris.net or follow her on Instagram at Stella Harris Erotica. Welcome back to the Talk Sex Podcast. I'm your host, Elle Stanger. I am an ASECT certified sex educator and sex worker of over a decade, the sex worker part. I'm also a parent and queerdo living in Portland, Oregon. And I have my guest, Wendy Strigar. She is also located in Oregon. Is it okay that I say that? Yeah, of course. Yeah, we're in Eugene. Yeah, I like Eugene now that I've started wandering down there. Uh, So let's do some listener questions. All right, listener question one. Can you get an infection from using spit as lube, only spit as lube, from someone who smokes or chews tobacco? Um, I would say that seems like a not a great idea. Yes. Um, yes. I am like so hygiene girl um, <laughs> when, it comes, when it comes to sex. And um, I, I say germaphobe. How do you, does that land okay with you? <laughs> I mean, I just feel like, you know, it's like some of the most sensitive mucosal tissue in your body. Mm. And, um, and if you are one of the two thirds of people who doesn't have a good blend of lactobacilli, that means that you're frequently susceptible to other kinds of STDs and germs, right? Like you might be one of those people that has bacterial vaginosis frequently and doesn't know it. Mm. So like, let's not add tobacco spit juice Mm -hmm. to that bad Mm -hmm. idea. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Uh huh. Yeah. When I sourced questions for this episode, anyway, I asked people like, "Why do you use lube or not?" And some people were like, "I use spit," and I'm like, "Oh no, that's actually not ideal." Um, yeah. And and here's the thing, though. There's oral sex, right? Like that's some ways where that mix happens. And there's some people who argue you should use those dams, and especially if you don't know who you're having sex with. I don't even know if you would feel it if you had a dam. <laughs> Dental I mean, dams had, are interesting. I just tried one last summer. It doesn't I feel mean, the same. It feels yeah. Interesting. I mean, I, I get so, and you know, HPV and mm-hmm. all the things. I so get it, and I'm lucky, right? I've been having sex with the same guy for a decade. So, oh yeah, I, I have HPV. Like I've had that before too. <laughs> yeah, so like, that's why you know you really want to be careful about any kind of like whatever you're doing orally. 
Mm-hmm. You know, but that's why, like, I'm so like hygiene. Like, mm-hmm. be clean when you have sex. It's better when you're clean. Wash you know? your hands. Yeah. And if well, someone's yeah, like, oh, that's like, classist. Like, not all of us have a shower. If you're listening to this podcast, you probably have a shower and like a pot to piss I mean, in, as the saying goes. It's better when you're clean. I just want to say, I feel like it's better when you're clean. So, whatever. And, you know, like, penises especially penises that are not circumcised, um, can Mm. carry a lot of, uh, more bacteria. Yeah. Germs in that foreskin. And so like for me, because I'm in that two thirds group, like I won't think about having sex unless everybody's taking time and clean. So Mm -hmm. like, it's just not gonna, it's for me, the consequences aren't worth it. Mm -hmm. Yeah, one so, of one of the things I hear most from people who tend to fuck men, um, people with vaginas who tend to fuck men, they say that a lot of their partners like don't properly wash their hands even before fingering them. So just yeah, thinking horrible. in terms of bacteria, yeah, yeah. yeah um, just, you know, I mean, all that's like honoring your vag, you know, your vagina, and your. I mean, that's like the goddess part of you. And so you know, that's like when I, if I was gonna with like respect. Mm-hmm. I know a lot of women actually who come to me after they've had sex with men who, for whatever reason, there was a question about like men who are offended. And one woman is like wrote in and said, Oh, then I'm insecure. Like then the, he'll think he doesn't turn me on or some mm-hmm. bullshit or like mm-hmm. men who like actually like, Oh, you can't use that. And it's like, Oh, who is that guy? Yuck. Um, it's like, he should be like, Oh, does this make you feel better? Is mm-hmm. this helping you? That's what he should be saying. And any guy who doesn't say that about having sex with you, probably not a guy you want to have sex with just saying. Mm-hmm. And, uh, and if they're not clean and they, they don't like treat you like, as a goddess, at least for sure, that part of your body. Ugh, <laughs> no. and, and, I, and I've heard like women who can get really bad infections, actually weird kinds of bacteria from sex with the wrong guy. It happens. I do want to say that I, you know, we hear about that because we really try to help women sort of restore their biomes a lot. Mm-hmm. And we, we do hear about that. Mm-hmm. I, every time I introduce a new partner, um, condom or not uh if there's mouths and fingers and friction then i will probably notice some vaginal um unease over the next couple of days and that's normal for me and that's always been kind of a little interesting and definitely scary when i was younger i didn't know that that was just normal for me and i wish we could really look at what is not working and how can we like honor and and mm-hmm. do research that can give us options that are really healthier mm-hmm. than what we have. Mm-hmm. So that's just my prayer for the future. Mm-hmm. So my this prayer for the future. This goes to listener question two: <laughs> Why does some grown ass straight men not understand lube's importance? I don't know because if they don't get hard, they sure seem to like stress about that. It's like, it's not like it's an automatic, like you press a button. Mm-hmm. And, and, and I do want to say that there's really a lot, a lot of performance anxiety among many, many straight men. Mm-hmm. Many straight men mm-hmm. have a massive amount of performance anxiety, which prevents them also from enjoying the moment and slowing down and being able to just go with what's happening Mm -hmm. and be curious, right? Like they, they're, and they're also then in a hurry, right? Because they feel like if they don't hurry up and get done, then they might not get done. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Hurry up and finish so that you can get this done so that you can have a completed sex act. Um, it's a shame, really. It's really a shame for everybody. Yeah, very stressful. I've talked to a couple, and I think this is just because we have poor sex education and inconsistent sex education across the country and beyond. Uh, but a couple of guys, when I worked in the porn shops, that were like, wait, why would somebody need lube? And I think they think the vaginas are just like holes. You just like put something in like a peg, <laughs> like without understanding like skin friction. Um, well, I mean, or just again, you know, this... I mean, like I was 40 before I understood that the clitoris is not just 
this little spot on top of your labia, but it's like the clitoral system with these legs that wind deep into your vagina. And, and I mean, for years, I didn't know why I'd get this spasming on the inside, mm-hmm. right? Like many, many women do not know their own anatomy. Mm-hmm. And I'm sure most men don't, but like the vaginal, the vaginal and the clitoral and the, the whole, like, it's a, it's a miracle. I mean, it's a magical system. And if we really like got how complex and how many nerve endings are engaged in that part of a, mm-hmm. of a woman's anatomy, I mean, we would be way more curious about what could happen there. Yeah. The erectile tissue of a clitoris looks really similar and almost the same to the erectile tissue of a penis. So it kind of looks like little legs and the little feet legs run underneath the labia. Uh, Super cute. And go deep. Go deep. They they go deep into the back of the vagina where, um, where that G spot concept is yeah right? that's where yeah and that's why it. vibrators also are rad yeah. because they reach that tissue that's deeper that vibration can get uh-huh. to so uh we kind of touched on this earlier listener question three opinions on any lubes from the mall like spencer's <laughs> i worked in spencer's um what i would say is that again we don't want to just point out ingredients but generally speaking if you see Glycols, propylene glycol, polyethylene glycol, which are frequent visitors in sex shops. And you see methyl and propyl parabens. I would just put a big X there. And that is not, you know, in four hours, that can completely fuck up your vaginal biome. Mm-hmm. Just four hours. Mm-hmm. And so then you're going to be susceptible to a bunch of stuff that you don't want to be susceptible to. Mm-hmm. So if that's the only option you have, don't get it. Mm-hmm. You know, I would say go to you know, your, your healthy water-based products, often those are going to be sold as organics with aloe or like I said, hydroxyethyl cellulose. There's a lot of formulations Mm -hmm. that have a base of hydroxyethyl cellulose. And if they don't have parabens or other glycols in them, they probably are good. Nice. Um, so thank you. That's what I would say about that. Thank Mm -hmm. you. Uh, listener question four, how does for her pleasure lube work? I am going to go rummage around and look at my lubes real quick and grab them. I'll let you answer the question. I don't know what that, ah. I don't, is that a, is that a brand for her pleasure? No. So, okay. So what I think for her pleasure means is I think it's like the tingling ones. Okay. Well, so anything that makes you hot, mm-hmm. like is designed to heat. So like the KY warming and the, the hims and hers kind of KY and any of that stuff that heats up um, is uh, kind of interesting uh, conceptually, I guess, but they are the worst offenders in terms of hyperosmolality. Um, they're at the very top of the chart. So they're really bad for your vaginal biome. And I just want to say that like, like if you really work on like figuring out what feels good for you and like clitoral stimulation and you don't feel embarrassed about how long it takes you to figure that out mm-hmm. and then you actually have really thoughtful deep penetration you will be very warm that is <laughs> warming yeah. and naturally warming. You don't need something to heat you, right? Like, you know, and in fact, a, a cool dose of really healthy lube feels really good. Refreshing. When you're hot like that, right? <laughs> so, so I feel like go for the natural heat, mm-hmm. not the heat that is made by a chemical mm-hmm. because your vagina does not want those chemicals. Yeah, it's likely to irritate you. Um, so I'm looking at, I have my good clean love, uh, three fluid ounces right here. Woman owned, women owned, it says on the back. Um, I have my concentrated silicone personal lubricant of another brand that I won't mention because I'm not talking to them right now. Uh, and the ingredients are, let's see if I can say these cyclopentasiloxane, dimethicone, dimethicanol. Yeah, so that's just basically a dimethicone lube with some kind of weird, probably preservative or something. 
in it. But I, I always tell people, if you can't say what it is <laughs> and then you look it up, then it probably is a chemical that somebody came up with that is not like what you'd want to put on the most sensitive mucosal membrane in your body. Um, but you can get dimethicone lubes that are just straight dimethicone mm -hmm. that don't have a lot of other weird ingredients. And if you're about the dimethicone, then go cleaner mm -hmm. than not. Mm -hmm. um, like I said, we're going to have a cool hybrid lube that's going to be isoosmatic. And that took me a minute to figure out how to do that. Hmm. So um, looking forward to it. So, you know, uh, yeah, you know. And and I, you know, from doing all this learning about lubricants that are damaging, and I told you early, like the World Health Organization, the FDA have, mm -hmm. like everybody's come out with regulations that the top osmolality that can be a lube that's sent to other countries or like circulated or supposedly cleared in this country, although that's questionable, <laughs> should be no more than... 1200 isomoles. Hmm. And I just want to say that most product that made it onto the market is way higher than that. Interesting. Like sometimes 30 times higher than what it should be. Hmm. And we and wonder so, why we're getting cancer. Well, it's not just cancer, <sighs> like bacterial. I mean, I just want to say bacterial vaginosis is the number one sexual health infection. Hmm. And the weird thing about it is, though, e even though it's so common, it's like crazy common and also recurrent. So many women that have it one time will get it over and over again, mm -hmm. um, especially if they don't do anything about it to like lift up and heal their biome. Um, and then you're 60%, once you have BV, and 84% of the time you don't know it and you don't diagnose it. I mean, then you get antibiotics, so that's not always great either. But but then once you get in that cycle, you're 60% um, more susceptible to STDs and HIV and three times as likely to transmit that. Mm -hmm. So it's a serious thing. Mm -hmm. I mean, I feel like it's a, it's a serious health concern. And mm -hmm. I wish people would listen to me more. <laughs> They're listening to you now. Uh, do you know of a listener question five? Is there a longer lasting lube that tastes good? That's a tough one. Um, I mean, I mean, it, like, and when I say longer lasting, like, you know, what's your expectation? Mm -hmm. And again, like all the things we were talking about, about like how you have sex, mm -hmm. make a big difference about what you expect your lubricant to do. Mm -hmm. So if you're just like walking in a bedroom and you put this on and you think that should make you comfortable, like, I, I mean, I don't know what works for that, honestly. Mm -hmm. So if you're not like actually taking the time to find pleasure with whoever you're with yourself or wh whoever you're partnering with, then and just relying on a lubricant to do that job for you, then I think you're missing the best part of the sex. Mm -hmm. So that's one thing I'd say. Um, you know, when I'm having sex or most people when they're actually uh, turned on and there's some engorgement going on, you know, I mean, I use a nice good dose of our lubricant and I'm like good to go. I don't need to reapply, mm -hmm. but there's a lot of like blood racing right there, right? There's a lot of moisture going on. And so, you know, that's not like I'm just walking in the bedroom and like, okay, let's have sex right now because then I would be dry as a bone like <laughs> other women have talked about, I, you know, like yeah. it takes me takes me a good 15, 20 minutes to find that place. Mm -hmm. And it's a little psychedelic, right? Like, mm -hmm. you know, to have really good sex, you, you're, you're, you're not just taking off your clothes. You're, you're taking off your armor. Yeah. You're like I think of it as a dance. Into you. It's a little bit of a dance circling each other. Mm -hmm. So on the longer lasting lube that tastes good, I mean, good luck because the water-based ones that are flavored that I like for how they taste, they're, they're water-based, so they'll be an aid, but they're not going to like be wet forever. Um, however, I can transition to using something else that maybe I don't well, love. Well, do you use BioNude? Do you use BioNude or almost No, naked? I don't know that one. I don't well, know. BioNude is our BioMatch lubricant, Ooh. and uh, and it's balanced oh, with- I have that. Yeah, that's the one. That's what this one is right here. 
Yeah. So yeah. that one actually tastes kind of like you because it has the same salt balance as vaginal mucus. And oh, so wow. if you're if you're using it, again, when I'm doing oral sex, I prefer love oils because scent and flavor kind of are the same thing. That's the cinnamon the one, place. right? You guys have a cinnamon um, one. We have an Indian spice and we have a really beautiful Caribbean rose. My favorite is the new one that just came out, which is the Caribbean, uh, the cardamom gold, which is a CBD product, nice. really otherworldly. Um, I'll send you some. Yeah. The um, spice one, I like that it's really, really subtle. And I actually um, very cautiously put a little bit on my pussy area and also my partner's dick area. And it wasn't anything that was uncomfortable. No, and like, it's not going to heat you. But no, not actually, at all. if you're going to do that, then that's really good for hand manipulation because mm -hmm. any body part slippery is way sexier than the same body part dry. You mm -hmm. already know that. Um, so it's really great for much mutual masturbation and also quite, quite tasty for oral mm -hmm. sex. Mm -hmm. so yeah, it was really I subtle. Much, I like that one. I can't have oral sex really without using love oil. Mm -hmm. I like won't talk about it. Just, <laughs> Not in your repertoire. Okay, good. Well, thank you for the reminders. Uh, let's take another break so everybody can go check out your products on goodcleanlove.com. Hey, everybody. I want to turn you on to Good Clean Love. It's one of my favorite brands from right here in the Pacific Northwest. Their almost naked organic lube is water-based, so it's perfect for sex with a partner when using a condom or with your favorite toys. It's the best-selling organic lube in the country, and I think you'll really love it. Go to goodcleanlove.com forward slash L and check out my personalized collection of favorite products, including pH balancing wipes, suppositories for bacterial vaginosis, massage candles, and lubricants. Use code L20 and take 20% off your first purchase. Do you have a sensitive vulva or vagina? Me too. People with vaginas will experience at least one yeast infection in their lifetime, and many folks like myself get them every time the seasons change. As someone who relies on their vaginal health for their personal and professional wellness, I use Momotaro Apotheca solutions for preventing bacterial vaginosis or yeast infection. Their products also serve urinary tract infections, postpartum care issues, aftercare, and general irritation from sex, clothing, and exercise. I love these things. I use them to shorten my healing time or prevent irritation. Use Stripper Writer for a discount code and check out their affiliated CBD products at oshihana.com. That's momotaroapotheca.com and oshihana.com. Welcome back to They Talk Sex Podcast. This is the lube and vaginal health episode with Wendy Strigar. So a couple of these things that we already mentioned come up in this fun article I found on menshealth.com. A brief history of lube from 350 BCE onward, written by Kim Wong Shing, April of 2019. So we said olive oil earlier. That one's the earliest known lubricant. Uh, the Greeks. <laughs> Great for anal. Wow. <laughs> wow. I, I couldn't I couldn't do it and cook with it. Like I couldn't quite <laughs> cross between bedroom and that's kitchen. That's funny. So I aired to oh, kitchen. That's that funny. One. I've never used yeah. olive oil as a lubricant, but I've been working I started working in porn shops when I was nineteen, so I had access to like the stuff. Mm -hmm. Lucky mm -hmm. me. Um, Aristotle says in one text that uh, it was used as a contraceptive, according to this article. It won't prevent pregnancy. I was going to say a lot of lubes on the market will prevent mm -hmm. pregnancy. So, you know, many, if not most, of the lubricants on the market um, will, because they're hyperosmolar, and there's also a ton of toxic ingredients. And so sperm die on contact with many of those mm -hmm. groups. I mean, they can't say they're contraceptives. No, but, but if you're trying to get pregnant, this is something a lot yeah, of people don't yeah, know. Don't use mm -hmm. that. Yeah, don't use that. 
Um, so yeah, it's weird. And even like some, uh, we have a fertility lubricant that we developed last oh, year. Oh, wow. And it's, it, yeah, it has a, it has a different testing re- regime mm-hmm. that's required by the FDA. So it's really hard. It's actually very, very hard to get approved by the FDA as a fertility lubricant because of these tests that they require. Huh. And um, so there's only four lubricants that have ever been cleared for fertility. Wow, um, that's cool. And many of them, I don't know how they did it, honestly. Like when I look at their ingredient base, I'm like, there's no way they should have passed Wow, this fascinating. So, I don't know. But you guys, that. you folks have yeah. some, huh? Well, otherwise, there's seaweed, apparently, according to botanist Ryan Drum in this article on men's health. People in Japan, Korea, and China have used a substance derived from seaweed as lube for millennia, according to this botanist. And we actually, actually, there are many lubricants in the marketplace that use seaweeds in their yeah, formula, ca- including carrageenan. Yeah, carrageenan yeah. is one, and uh, agar is another. And that's the name of the uh, uh, the seaweeds or the liquid, yeah. Uh-huh. Yeah, and there's actually some interesting research. Let me just say that it's preliminary research about that seaweed and uh, kind of a like a diminishment of HPV yeah. risk. Yeah, reducing I mean, the transmission of HPV, it says in yeah. here. I, I, yeah, I don't, I don't know. I mean, the you know, it's certainly not something the FDA would agree to me putting on For a sure. box. Um, uh, but there are people who are dedicated to that and really believe that. I don't think the research is like reliable mm-hmm. enough yet. But um, but yeah, seaweed is an old an old favorite hmm. for sure. Uh, someone else, or not someone else? It also says in here uh, specifically to the Japanese using. Uh, grated yams. I, you know, I've heard about that, and that came up in that show Frankie and Grace. I don't know if <laughs> you ever watched that, but there was a time when they were like all about yams. Mm-hmm. And you know, the thing about yams is that they're also a hormonal. Like weirdly, they're also connected to hormones. Um, and um, so, you know, we we kind of stay away from anything that changes your hormones. Okay, that makes Just, sense. The, um, the sexologist quoted here. Did they here, say anything about flaxseed? Flaxseed? Uh, yeah. Not that I'm aware of, no. Uh, that's actually another ingredient that people talk huh. about a lot. Kind of a natural early lubricant. Um, it's kind of hard to figure out how to make it work exactly, like maybe in a, a home Interesting. kitchen experiment, but I haven't been able to figure out how to master that interesting yeah um Um, what were you gonna say the sex oh the sexologist quoted in here says that uh jicama reminds him of the uh the applesauce like mix of that yams he's like i don't think he says it is not anything that most westerners would recognize as lubricant this woman wrote this book and it was after she wrote a book first about scent really, really amazing book about scent, which is something I've spent a lot of time studying because, Mm -hmm. you know, our scent is where, is how we, basically that's the arousal mechanism, Mm -hmm. right? Like everybody knew historically, ancient times, that like, that your arousal was tied to your sense of smell. Mm -hmm. That's how kissing developed, actually. Mm -hmm. That was the origin of kissing, right? Like if somebody smelled bad to you, then you were going to kiss them. Then that was that was incompatible. You were incompatible biologically, mm-hmm. incompatible with them, mm-hmm. and that's still true, mm-hmm. right? But um, but that's how that's how deeply primary our sense of smell is to our sexuality, especially when it comes to reproduction, mm-hmm. right? Like we've sort of divorced in our mind reproduction and sexuality, but in the way that's most human in us that makes us sexual animals. Mm-hmm because we reproduce mm-hmm. right um, on the senses and so our sense of smell is really critical. definitely really and critical. it says here next in this article actually that's so funny uh also in japan in the edo period they're talking about between the 1600s and 1800s uh men would routinely use clove oil as a lubricant for anal sex as well as with their dildos uh clove oil can be really stingy but listen yeah, yeah. reminds me 
It says clove oil is an ingredient in a lot of modern lubes and sprays, specifically for anal sex, which um, I always tell people don't use anything that has benzocaine, lidocaine, anything that's going to numb your butt uh, because you, you need to feel pain so that you know when you're doing something that's hurting you. Yeah. But anyway, people still use it today. Uh, one modern lube uses clove oil to, quote, relax the area for safe and comfortable penetration. I would skip that uh, one. I don't know about that, especially if it's if especially if it's neat, right? Like you know, when we make a, like essential oil products, they're extremely dilute. And I know because back in the early days, I used to mix these oils myself. And um, and one time I had an accident, spilled cinnamon on myself. Uh, I mean, literally, I spilled cinnamon all over myself. Uh, and still to this day, I really can't. Really, oh. I can't use it for spice anymore. Because oh my of god! That. We still sell it, but um, and so like actually a very little amount of uh, of a pure essential oil, like that. You know, whatever you're, it's just you just really need to treat it with respect, mm-hmm. and you should never use it straight. And it is kind of astounding some of the things that are sold as these sprays Mm -hmm. for anal and other kinds of sex Mm -hmm. to kind of turn you on like hot things things that could burn you Mm -hmm. Um, Mm -hmm. and you know i don't know i mean but whatever it's not really regulated especially in the sex industry and uh and i would be real cautious and interestingly in lidocaine um, you know, men's spray, which is a super popular delay spray. That's mm-hmm. like one of the top selling products in the country. I really. remember selling a lot of that. It's just numbing. Crazy. Well, I mean, and you know, the, the monograph from the FDA requires 9% lidocaine. That is so much. That's a lot. That's of a lidocaine. lot. That seems like a lot of lidocaine. Yeah. Um, Okay, so everybody can find more about your products on goodcleanlove.com. Um, yeah. Yeah, and you know, we have like a lot of different ways, right? Like we don't just have one way. So if one thing doesn't work, then like most people we can make we we can find them a solution that brings them more sexual pleasure. I love that. I I feel proud of that. Good. So, yeah, and it was a pleasure speaking with you and um, and I'm happy to be able to share all this information to your audience. Thank you. Good. Well, what are some, yeah. we like to ask, I like to ask my guests, what are some resources? Can you think of any that have been helpful for your learning? Although literally it sounds like you just started doing this out of your kitchen. Um, yeah. So, you know, I've written two books. I think I mentioned sure. that. Sure. What you. are they called? Um, well, the first one's called Love That Works, Some Intimate Guide to Enduring Intimacy, because you have to endure it in order for it to be enduring. Mm. Um, and the second one is called Sex That Works, mm. and that's like an intimate guide to your erotic soul. Mm. Um, and they're really like more, they're not how-to books, but, you know, whatever, it takes five years to write a book, so I have been thinking about that stuff for a long time. <laughs> and... Um, uh, and you know, I was lucky that I met up with some biophysicists, uh, early in my lubricant career. Mm. And so I feel like w- the work we do reflects the highest level of scientific understanding and innovation mm. that that's available right now. And I still feel like there's way more time, way more space to cover and way more research that needs to happen for women's health Mm -hmm. and sexual health in general. But I feel pretty um, proud of that work that we've done. Mm -hmm. So yeah, I I feel like I could have a doctorate in something (laughs) if I'd only been willing to take the test. (laughs) No, I wasn't. So I also like to ask everyone, do you have any, besides all the advice you just gave, do you have any last sex tips for our audience? I would just say, take your time. Mm. Don't like rush through your sex life, you know, like really honor that. However many times a week, a month, a day that you do that, that's like a, that's like a date with the divine, you know, like don't belittle it. Don't cheapen it. Mm-hmm. Like, you know, know that that is like, there. there's no other space in our human existence where we get the release 
of our emotional, physical, and spiritual body all in the same moment. That's why it's like the most coveted experience on the planet. Listen so, to the lady with the 20-minute orgasms, everyone. I mean, I uh, like there's nothing better in this life than that. Mm -hmm. Sex is my favorite thing. Love and sex is my favorite thing, yeah. really. Things. That's why we're here. But you have to be brave, right? You have to be brave and you have to be courageous so that you have the real thing and not some imitation that like makes you feel worse in any way. Mm -hmm. If sex makes you feel worse, if you feel worse about yourself or your body or the person you're with, then that is not the sex you're trying to have. I love it. Sex should make you feel more whole and more true and more human. Mm -hmm. I love that. Thank you so much for coming yeah. on, Wendy Strigar. Yeah, my pleasure. Um, yeah, so check us out at Good Clean Love. I have a really good blog. We write all the time, so tons of information there. Nice. All right, we'll see you on the interwebs. Everybody. Yeah. And I also have a podcast that L you've done with me and that you're going to do again. Yeah. So, what's it called? Dear Sex. It's called Dear Sex. Mm -hmm. So for sure you could check that out. And there's a great episode already up there. Thank you, Wendy. Yep. Yep. All right, everyone. Until next time. Hey, everybody. It's L. Are you ready for some discount codes? You can get 20% off cool t-shirts like the ones you've seen on Instagram by feministtrash.com. If you enter all caps L Stanger, that's my name, I recommend using the code STRIPPERWRITER for 10% off your orders, $35 or more on sexual wellness items from unboundbabes.com. This is one of my favorite websites. And I know some of you enjoy the Vesper Toys on lovecrave.com. You can use all caps code L for a free engraving on your Vesper Toys. It's one of my favorite vibrators and I also use it to calm down like a uh, sternum vibrator. Nobody's ever asked, but I do indeed receive a portion of sales. Thank you so much to these affiliates for offering to do so and I'm happy to recommend their products. And please let me know listeners what products you like or any feedback about anyone I ever recommend, be it in show or in social media or here.